Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. I've really got one scripture theme or message for you. It's more of a, it's more of a theme or a topic than a sermon today and um, something God's been working deeply in my life, I guess. Um, and the title of my message today is Into Eternity. Into Eternity. Um, the only thing you can take into eternity is relationships. It's the only thing you can do. Um, so, it's a, so, so it's a great, great ple- pleasure that we can um, start this season together, 2023. And, uh, and just I felt God wanted to just encourage us, you know, as we come together as Christians around our Christian life and our Christian development. And if you're here in this place and you're not yet a Christian, I really believe that I'm grateful that you're here and you're very welcome. And I pray that you really feel like you're open to um, belong in a place uh, before you even believe the, the, the worldviews and um, understanding that many Christians have, have adopted and built into life because of their experience with God. So, um, you know, as we come to the start of the year, Christians are the type of people that go, okay, we have a, a sacred and ancient history of letting God speak into our life and weekly coming to a place of worship and focusing on someone higher than us and letting a standard of scripture and authority speak into our life and evaluate us and change us because one of the greatest things of being a Christian is that we're disciples. That's what we're called. And we have a great rabbi, Jesus, the teacher, and we have a scripture um, canon that we learn from and grow from. And so we have the habit of humility and change or humility and repentance that we adopt as Christians, which very few other parts of our community value as core parts of who we are. So as Christians, when we come weekly to the word and when we come maybe like this to a start of a season, new season, new year, we say, God, what is it that you want me to change, grow? What do you want me to do? Um, that is the posture that we take as mature believers so that we can be all that God's designed us to be and fulfill all the purposes that he has for us. So with that sort of thing, let's read our first passage. We've got two passages with one theme. Matthew chapter 22. Anyone got their Bibles with them today? Who's analog? Who's digital? Who's both? Who thinks their one's better than the other one? Yeah. All right, Matthew 22. I was just delaying so you could get there. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 to 39. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, a group of religious people who weren't really particularly happy with Jesus, the Pharisees, another group of very religious people who weren't happy with Jesus' teaching, got together. One of them, an expert in the religious law, tested him with this question. Teacher, they said to Jesus, Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Yeah, you guys are quick learners. That's good. So, um... I think there's so much in this passage that's really important. And if you've been around church a little while, you've probably heard this. Um, It echoes uh, the Old Testament and it captures the Old Testament and then uh, announces very clearly to the New Testament believers what it is to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus. 
And it really is a lifelong journey of learning to embrace and embody this commandment. Has anyone got there yet? Sorted this? Got it all sorted? Love God, love people? No, good. I, I, I like this congregation. They're honest. I like this. This is good. And so it's a lifelong journey. Anyone can say amen to that. And, and we'll get there. Maybe we'll get there one day. I think we'll probably get there when we're transformed and then we're in heaven. And, and so that learning to love God with all of our life is a lifestyle of worship. Just in every area of our life, we can honor him with body, soul, and spirit, the way God made us. The second is learning to love others. Oh, my gosh. Does anyone struggle with this one? Is anyone sitting next to someone they struggle to do this with? <laughs> um, a third part, which is in that second commandment, which is very important and often overlooked, and I, I know this was a massive area of growth in my life, because most Christians are familiar with loving God is our greatest commandment and loving our neighbour is the second commandment. Um, uh, that less understood and maybe overlooked part is when Jesus says, loving your neighbour as yourself. Uh, is a, a very powerful and very important part because sometimes an immature, unformed view of that passage means that if we engage with learning to love ourselves means we'll be self-indulgent, self-seeking or selfish. Has anyone ever felt that creep in? Where you feel it's hard to say no to some situation or scenario because you need to look after yourself and you feel guilty because it's, you feel like you're being selfish. Anyone had that scenario run through their life? Yeah, yeah, that, that may be a religious understanding, immature religious structural view of rule following that says, I've got to just do all of this and none of the care that God's designed for me to live in my life. And it becomes very self-destructive because I've, I've had the unfortunate privilege and maybe if you've been around a little while, if, if you don't look, learn to look after this third part of loving others as yourself, you burn out and blow up and you see some really good Christians not fulfill the call and the purpose and the relationships God has for them because they didn't do that part. And that's so sad. Uh, I've seen Christians and I've seen Christian leaders who blow their lives out and end up making poor choices because their physical, emotional, spiritual state was so poor, they made terrible choices which then ruined a lot of the potential and promise that they had of God over their life and it wasn't a faith issue it wasn't like they didn't love God they just got to a really unhealthy place so there's this growth journey that God has for us and I really feel that today uh, maybe uh, if we've got a few moments together is just to start uh, uh, an encouragement from God himself to you that over the next 12 months he wants you to grow in this capacity to love him love others and learning to love yourself so just turn to your neighbor and say it's probably going to be good for you There wasn't much conviction in that. It's like, you know, I'll do the right thing, I'll tell the guy. All right, let's see how we go, all right? All right, here's a photo of my family, just so you know I'm a real person. This is my amazing wife, Kirsten, down there. And uh, I have three teenage children. There's Leo on the left. He doesn't know who Dermot Brereton is, but I think he's got that vibe. Um, he's 15. This is in July last year where we glammed up for my middle daughter, Yana. She's 17. We went to the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. That was her birthday wish. And uh, Nicole knows our Yana. She knew Yana when she was like one or two, the little tiny angel. And so Yana's 17 and doing year 12 this year. And there's my amazing wife with her 80s vibe, beautiful dress. I thought it was cool. And then my 19-year-old daughter, Eva, who's off at uni. And she's just finished her first year of uni at Newcastle. And... 
that was a big deal, sending her off there. I cried a lot when we drove away out of Newcastle. And then I cry a lot when I see her. Even when she's home now for a, a few weeks, I'm like, I don't want you to go back. <laughs> That's me. Um, so I'm a real person, have family. We don't always look like that. That was a one-off. And, uh, and so this journey that God's called us in is learning to love uh, God and him and this whole thing we've got to go on. And, and um, so I've got just a few reflections for us today. Hopefully we'll get through them. We'll see how we go. First one is our main assignment is to increase our ability to love. As a Christian, that's our main assignment. If God says that's the greatest commandment for us, and the second, our main assignment is to increase our ability to love God, to love others, to love ourselves. And if you're still struggling with that third one, I can feel it. Some people are like, ooh, loving myself, me time. I hate when people say me time. I hate that too. I just need me time. No, you're trying to abandon your parenting responsibilities. That's what you're doing. Oh, I said that. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Like, anyways. So it's a growing journey. And, I, and so there's this whole thing that we have to go on. And if I can just give you a quick rundown, 1994. Anyone remember 94? Who was born after? Who was born in the 2000s? My gosh. Can't believe you're even adults and allowed to do things on your own. And... Um, you know, 94, I took on my first church leadership role as a youth pastor. It was inappropriate. I shouldn't have done it, but I did it. And, um, and I was just first year uni, and um, we didn't have a youth pastor, and, and so the pastor asked me to do it. And I started organising events. We did, like, canoe, overnight canoe trips. we just go down a river. Remember that? And, and no one died. Um, I was on my pee plates, and... Um, I would go and hire the community bus and we'd sell tickets to Youth Alive in Melbourne and I'd put my P-plates on the bus and drive people and I was the responsible adult at 19. <laughs> and I only left one person in Melbourne, and, um, which was legit. I told this in the last service, it was my cousin. And I left her in Melbourne and it was before mobile phones so no one knew that she was there. She is, rang from the... I think we're at Wallen Maccas or something like that. And I left her there. This is when, before Wallen was Wallen. It was the Calcello Maccas, actually. And um, anyways, so it was inappropriate. Um, but I took my first pay role, I guess, full-time role as a church leader. Um, 2002, I was ordained in 2005. I've served in city churches, country churches, youth pastor. I've been the youth pastor, children's pastor, young adults pastor, assistant pastor. I was a senior pastor for 10 years. Poof. That ages you. And then um, all the while I worked multiple jobs on the side to keep my family going and all that sort of secondary teacher, uh, ski instructor, uh, trained TAFE and university students in backcountry guiding, building, farming, all sorts of different assignments. I learnt a lot, all that sort of stuff. Um, but what I've discovered is that our seasons change, you know, and we can't stop the seasons. They just keep changing. Our assignments change. God can change it in a moment. You could be doing one thing and then change your assignment. Our seasons change, our assignments change. But as Christians, our main assignment is to become better and better at loving God and people. That's our main assignment. It's got nothing to do with the titles. It's got nothing to do with your business you're running. It's got nothing to do with whether you're married or not married or whether you're a parent or not a parent. It's got nothing to do with that. It's about, as a Christian, our main assignment is to learn to love God 
better and better and more mature, more healthy, learning to love others, increasing that capacity because the only thing we can take into eternity is relationships. The only earthly experience we can take beyond the grave is relationships that we invest into this life. There are a number of measures of spiritual maturity, I believe. Um, Definitely not spiritual activity or Christian activity. That's not a measure of spiritual maturity. It's a measure of how maybe lack of boundaries you have or something like that. Um, That's just busyness in general. And uh, doers have a struggle with that. I'm a doer. Um, But I think... uh, there's some really important things to measure spiritual maturity. Spiritual gifts, probably not a measure. How we use spiritual gifts, like prophecy and words of knowledge and gifts of healing, got, any believer is exhorted to invite them into our life and to activate them in our life and, and work with them, but they're not always a sign of spiritual maturity. They're a sign of spiritual motivation. They're a sign of spiritual uh, appetite and desire, and that's really healthy. But... Fruit of the Spirit should be a measure of spiritual maturity. An increasing measure of fruit of the Spirit, and if you're not familiar with what they are, they're in Galatians chapter 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, general self-control. These are the, are the reflection of the nature of God in our life. These are the image of Jesus in who we are as Christians, and that is a measure of spiritual maturity. And they lead to the capacity and ability to love people more. So... One of the greatest measures of spiritual maturity is the substance of our relationships or the capacity to love more and more people. Um, So there's a lot of people that have accomplished great things in our world. I mean, you've probably got every one of us got people you admire and highlight and and they're really good. Uh, Few people make it to that like superstar status and they become renowned over time and they're amazing. Um, But not all of us are going to get to that level. You sort of, your 20s, you're like, going to be amazing 30s like i hope it's going to be amazing 40s like eh, let's just see if we can make it through the week you know like <laughs> it's like 50s is a renewal more anyway um everyone though can be significant by their love for other people every single person has the capacity to be super significant in the life of another person by the love we show to them you may not be publicly recognized or globally renowned for that you know, may become an influencer for that sort of stuff, but you can have incredible impact on other people's lives and be significant in the kingdom and significant in a person's life by the love and the capacity to show that in other people's lives. So I exhort you today, go ahead, 2023, come on. Let's achieve great things in business and community. But I feel the Holy Spirit's instructing us and reminding us today that the most substantial thing we can do is to continue to build meaningful, healthy connections to those around us and to love more people. Come on, turn your neighbor and say, this is good for you. This is good for you. That's it. So here are a few questions on this point for some um, prayerful reflection for you. Here's a few for you. Here's the first one that's worth reflecting on and prayerful consideration for you. Um, Can I love more people now than I used to? Uh, An increasing person of spiritual maturity can love and show, demonstrate God's love to more and more people, a growing circle of people. They have the capacity to associate with and invest in and encourage and bless more and more people. Religious people are worried about who they identify with and how that makes them look. That's Old Testament law. 
Because the clean became unclean by what it touched. But Jesus came so that the clean made the unclean healthy. Jesus wasn't never insecure about who he associated with because of what it looked like. So, so can we love more people than we used to? Now, I, I forgot to put this in there. Some of us are like switched off because you like love, gushy, romance, weddings. What are we talking about here, Pastor Mick? Like, I'm not that type of gushy guy. No, no. Let's look at the biblical picture of what love is. It's often read out at weddings, 1 Corinthians 13, what love is, and you can explore that. But it's showing God's heart to people in a way that he has for them. So you can do that in your workplace. You can do that at footy. You can do that in your sporting club. You can do, it, you can do that everywhere, especially in your family, in a really healthy way, learning to show God's love in the right relationships in the right way. So that, that's what I mean by that. So let's keep going. Another question for prayerful consideration is, can I love those who love me and can I love them in return some of us don't know how to love people back so we've got to grow in that can I love those who are indifferent towards me that indifference is cold man it's I reckon it's worse than people who tell you they don't like you I'd rather someone tell me they don't like me than just be indifferent or worse they tell you one thing but they mean another thing I hate that does anyone else find that really ugh. I don't like that at all. So, but can we demonstrate God's heart towards them? Or do we get sucked down into their level of function and we then operate in the same spirit? Or are we able to be mature and operate in God's heart for them? So, all right, here's another question for prayerful consideration. Can I love those who hurt me? I thought this was going to be a good Sunday, Pastor Ben. Can I love those who hurt me? This is one of the most significant signs of spiritual maturity. Can I love those who change their values away from mine? Because it's easy to build relationship and affection towards someone who shares values. You know, on any topic, whatever it is. Fords, Holdens. <laughs> you know, Italian food's better than Asian food. Asian food's better. I don't know, whatever. Whatever your preferences are, it's easy to build connection around shared things. But when someone moves away, and especially when it comes to our Christian faith and someone we love and have a relationship with moves their value system away from yours can, and maybe even disrespects now what you stand and live, build your life on, can you demonstrate God's heart towards them? Or can you only operate by cutting them out of your life? Which is very mature. It's not godly. It's not God's heart. Um, so can we do that? All right. Are these helpful to anyone? Can my Christian life mature so I can love my parents and siblings in an increasing way? Because the longer you live in life, the more the body of evidence grows why you shouldn't trust people, why they hurt you and let you down and annoy you. Does anyone have annoying relations? If you didn't raise your hand, then you are the annoying relation. Because you don't realise it. You are the annoying one at Christmas or every, everywhere. You're it, right? So, but a, 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 an increasingly mature person in God's love can, even though things can go wrong, people can act differently, has the ability to love more and more, especially those close relationships like parents and siblings. I should probably add in there adult children. I have three mostly adult children. 
I have two women children and one man child. That's what I... <laughs> and, and, and it changes. Like, it's easy when you're just telling them the basics, you know, close the door, you know, do this, eat your food, whatever. That's just it's really simple. But when, when they've got their own thoughts, minds, direction, they're going, and it becomes increasingly... Uh, okay, here's, here's one last question for your reflection. Can my Christian life mature so that I can love my ex in a healthy way? My ex-boss, my ex-spouse, my ex-whatever. When we get to that point, we know we're probably functioning in a healthy, mature way so that we can get to that point. Here's probably a great measure that God gave me. You know you're healthy and mature and healed when your heart wants to help those who hurt you. I'll say that again. You know you're mature and healthy. You know you're getting healed when your heart naturally wants to help those who hurt you. I don't mean you invite people into your life and they wreck it all again because you've got no boundaries and that's just called stupid. And um, we want to help you with that. Um, And there's reasons for why we can do that. We invite pain back in and whatever. And that's the whole thing. But um, when we get to the point where we wish the best for someone who hurt us deeply, then, then we start to understand the heart of God for his people who will turn their hearts away from him, but yet he will draw them back. Yeah. You know, we know we, and God's inviting us to get, it's not a simple thing. I don't even think it's an overnight thing. I think it's something that we have to go on a journey with, and I'll get to that now in my second point. So let's move to another scripture, same theme. Is this helping anyone today? Yeah. All right, we've got a few more moments, and uh, we'll go to John 15, same theme. Jesus is now praying with his disciples for believers who are going to come after him. Okay, so that's the scene. Verse 9 through to 17. Let's read this together. As the Father has loved me, this is Jesus praying, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this. So that my joy, the joy that Jesus possesses, may be in you and your joy may be complete. That's a promise I want you to highlight for 2023. He has a complete measure of joy for you. I'll unpack that in a minute. Verse 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. This is my command. Very good. Well done. Give yourselves a clap for that. So let's highlight that. The first verse we read was verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Here's my second reflection for us today is Jesus modeled a relational journey. Let me, let me just say that. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. So there's three parts there. There's, there's the Father, there's Jesus, there's, and he's saying us. We can take that as us three parts so what he what he received he passed on so some of us have already discounted our capacity to achieve this great command to love others 
because we're like, God, I've run out of love. Do you know the people that are in my world? <laughs> and we're, we're thinking from a human point of view in our natural capacity. I can tell you, I don't have the capacity to love the people in my world. And I even don't have the capacity to love. Sometimes I do things in my life that makes me not like myself so much. I'm like, I don't know how I can live with myself. Anyone else done that? You're like, you, you feel sense of shame, guilt, whatever. There's a relational journey that Jesus modeled for us. And if we're not fully formed in our faith, we'll see this as a commandment and rule to follow, not a relational journey to receive as a, an experience which we can live out of in the overflow. So, so, so an immature understanding reduces everything God's Word to a bunch of rules that I can follow, like a map or a list, without having to have relationship. And that's easy. It's easy, but it's totally dysfunctional and totally doesn't lead to good results in our life. Like we read this passage in Matthew 22, love God, like you must. And we read John 15, like you must love God. Anyone who loves me remains in my word. And we, we get, what we get to is a place where rules create behavior on performance. Doing all the right Christian external things, tick the box. But that usually has a very negative impact on the spirit and soul of any person when what we're doing is just motivated by external stuff, not intrinsic stuff. So people are acting right, but their hearts aren't in it. Anyone been in that position? Sometimes you've got to fake it till you make it. That's true. Like you've got to pray it and then see it come to reality. You've got to believe in faith. There's part of that's true, but you can't just take those one-liners and make them a blanket rule for anything. It's just not functional. And so... We can't take this as a command and reduce it down to that. We have to understand it's a relational journey that Jesus modeled for us. As I have been loved, I am loving you. So learning to love from the heart because of what you've received then creates a willingness in us to pursue and adopt the values of the one who loved us. Hopefully that got through. When we learn to love someone from the heart and we receive that from the person, the affection in our heart grows towards them and we want to adopt the values that they have. So if we just follow God because it's right, which is sometimes you have to train your children, just do it because it's right. This is what we do. And then they discover the motives and the reasons and the values later and they, they get to a point maybe even where they're grateful for, thank you, mum and dad, for passing that on to us. I know it was hard and I didn't understand. So sometimes we've got to provide really clear structure and guidance for them. But the important point is that we want them to get where their heart is in line with their behaviour. So we're not just on the surface doing the right things. And the scripture says like they worship me, but their hearts are far from me. Doing the right Christian activities, but their heart isn't in it. And so following Jesus is a relational journey where his desires become our desires. His heart becomes our heart and the passions of our heart are released to reveal Him in our world. We can only love because He first loved us. Come on, is there anyone grateful that God just first loved us and He hasn't given up on loving us? Oh my gosh, thank you, Lord. You didn't give up on me. We can only freely give because we've freely received. So the command this morning is not to do the right thing. The command this morning is to receive a fresh revelation, a fresh experience, not a fresh commitment to follow the rules. 
a fresh experience. God, you're real. You love me. You don't give up on me. And out of the overflow of that, I can live that out in 2023. Is there anyone who would like to, God to give them a fresh experience of His love, His revelation, love into our life? Because you're like, you're looking ahead. You're looking to Monday going, I know who's going to be there. And I don't know if I can love them. So God, love me a bit more so I can love them. Anyone? Yeah, you got their face. You know their name, right? You've blocked them. Yeah, whatever. And, and so... That's our commandment. So recently I was talking with my daughter, Yana, my favourite child. And um, <laughs> it's true, I tell them all. And uh, <laughs> Some of you are like, is he serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was talking with her and she'd been, had a career day thing at, at school and um, they were talking about um, you know, career options and, and it's so much better than it used to be. The only instruction I got from my careers advisor, Mr. Harper, was like, you're never going to amount to anything, Geeling. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, anyway, it's a bit different. <laughs> Maybe it was just me. I, was, I wasn't a great kid in high school, I can tell you that. I won't tell you any of those stories, actually. Anyway, it'll wreck my credibility right now. Um, uh, anyway, I was talking with Yana, and, uh, and she's talking about career and what she's thinking. And yeah, come on, team, join me on the stage. It'd be great. We've got to wrap this up. Um, she was talking about, uh, you know, what she's thinking for the future. And, you know, she's like, I've got to, I'm not sure. And I'm like, well, there's a whole world ahead of you, Yana. You can go discover, go try a heap of things, and we'll see. God will reveal that to you, and you'll learn and you'll find it. It's no problem. And I was reflecting on my journey and going, I don't know if I'm the right person to give you any sort of advice here because. If I look at my journey of career and vocation, I'm ski instructor, guide, all this sort of stuff, then I went into church ministry and pretty much I've made decisions in obedience to God which have killed in the natural momentum to those things. And so now, now I'm running my own business, I'm an arborist and I cut trees down and make lots of sawdust and noise and make people's worlds a better place. And um, in that way. And so I was thinking I'm probably not the best model to to follow and that sort of thing and um, then I felt the Holy Spirit really just speak to me and say you know what but in all of that your obedience different seasons and assignments of your life you've really your greatest career and vocation has to become a lover of God and people and I've spent 30 years honing my life as a disciple to learn how to love a greater and greater group of people in my life and to be a reflection of Jesus in me. And, and not just to do the right thing, but to mean it from my heart. So I've spent my whole adult life doing all these different things, but the one consistent theme has been learning to love people and show God's heart towards them. So maybe the recognition of our maturity and what God's calling to you in 2022 is to grow in your capacity to love Him and love others. And really engage with that. Not just like, oh, I'll tick the box and move on, I've done that. but Or to give up on it and avoid it, but to go, I have to learn to have the heart of God for people and not do it out of like a religious, got to do the right thing, but go, God, give me your heart for people so I can do it out of the overflow of that. And I discovered that there is not a category in LinkedIn for that. <laughs> there's no box to tick. There's no course to show. There's no significant um, certificate to post on that. And the devil wins when we come, ex come up with excuses not to love people. Because we have reasons and every reason is justified. Come on, someone say amen to that. 
We have reasons and we're justified. So what else do we need to do? No, we need to find the heart of God. To over, I don't mean be unwise and, and not have healthy boundaries and all those things that God teaches us to do. But when we, the devil wins when we leave the character of Christ to make a point or win an argument. When we, when we come up with reasons to not love people, and, and in the last few years, the, the dial-up, we talked about this before we started preaching, the dial-up is huge against Christian values and principles. And, but if we partner with that and give ourselves permission to reject, isolate, humiliate, dislike a group of people, then we're partnering with the spirit of the world, not of God. And we can't do that. So um, here's my final reflection, then we're going to pray for you guys. Um, God's desire for us is to have maturity to love in the mess. John 15, 11, I've told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Christian maturity allows us to love others in the mess. I mean, is there anyone here who knows they're a messy person? Does anyone here knows a messy person? Anyone here want to point to a messy person? You know, we're all humans. We're all fall short. And Christian maturity allows us to love others in the middle of their mess. It allows us to let God love us in the middle of our mess. It allows us to stay in relationship with God while it's really messy. Christian maturity allows us to love others in all seasons and stages of our life. And the more we grow in relational maturity with Jesus, the more all of our other relationships grow and mature. As we experience increasing measures of His love towards us during good seasons, during terrible seasons where we fail, then we know what it is to receive love in messy moments. We know how to show love in messy moments. So you can tell your neighbour, I'm learning to love you in the mess. Go on, turn, turn your neighbour. It's not easy, right? Because sometimes... Sometimes it's easy just to go, that's too messy. I'm just stepping back. And, and, and sometimes the safest thing to do when someone's melting down is actually to step back, right? You might not be the right person to dive in because you're not capable, the right person, whatever. There's reasons. That, that's fine. That, that's fine. But, but God does not give us up on us when we're in success or we're in our mess. Come on. Someone say amen for that. And I, I really think that in this modern culture right now, it's training people, especially our youth, to be merciless. There's no grace for mistakes. You make a mistake, we'll go after you. We'll go find a photo from however long ago, and then we'll remind you of the mistake you made and it's permanent. And you can't change and we're gonna, we're gonna make you now accountable for something that you did. And we're even going as a culture and making people who are born after the fact responsible for things that were done generations ago. Yeah. It's insanity. But thank God that He sent Jesus who introduced mercy and grace for us. Mercy is, is what we do deserve being withheld from us. Grace is being given what we don't deserve. And God gives us mercy so He withholds what we deserve and He gives us grace. What, something we don't deserve, He gives to us. And that is the message of Jesus that's going to shine brighter and brighter and brighter as our culture heads in this merciless direction. Is that we'll be people who, yeah, okay, you don't respect what I believe, you don't respect the, the values and the, the, the beliefs of my kingdom, but I can still show God's heart towards you. 
it will be so countercultural that it will stand out like Philippians says, like two, chapter 2 says, like stars in the night sky. You will be like shining and standing out. And I, I believe our world is crying out for Christians who are mature, full of spirit and life, who know how to love God, love their neighbor, who know how to look after their spirit, soul and body, fulfill God's purpose on their life. I look ahead and I see Christians who are salt and light in this world, who are able to shine so bright that they're going to be beacons of hope for people who are lost in a merciless and hopeless society. That's what God's called you to be as Christian sons and daughters. And someone who has a genuine experience of God who loves them is going to be so attracted before they've made any change in their life, is going to be so attracted to give their life to Him. He's not afraid of our mess or mistakes. And He came to heal our lives with mercy, forgiveness and grace. Come on, someone say amen to that. So there's a final promise that is highlighted in the Bible so often. And it says... I will be with you. Anyone familiar with that phrase out of the Scriptures? God's promise to be with you. And in the last couple of years, Kirsten and I have done a lot of study on neuroscience and how that crosses over with Christian faith and how science reveals Scripture and God's principles and how He's designed us. And your, physically, your body structure has a definition for joy. And that joy definition is glad to be with you. So... As you read that, your body has a structure right in the middle of your brain. It crosses over between the right and left part. And then as you have surround yourself with people who are glad to be with you, it grows. And then it builds a physiological structure to handle difficulty and adversity. Resilience, they call it. And when we understand that God is always glad to be with us, we can face any adversity. When we plan ourselves in the, with the people of God who are glad to be with us, it builds that capacity in life to handle any adversity. God is glad to be with you on your best day and your worst day. Come on, someone say amen for, for that. Come on, let's stand to our feet. I want to pray for you guys. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.